Hey everybody, this is Sean S. Porter with the Global Engagement Network. I'm here doing a face-to-face, -face, our first face-to-face -face Seattle, and it's going to be Facebook Live. Um, right now I'm talking to Chitanya Robinson. Um, he's an intern at Seattle Weekly, and uh, we're having him come in and chat about a couple things. And uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself, Chitanya. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, my name is Chitanya. I am an intern with Seattle Weekly at the moment. Um, not not an official staffer or anything um uh, i just i just started at seattle weekly at the, in, in the fall um and i was previously was an intern with crosscut and then uh which is a northwest um news analysis like site um and i actually this past summer i was an intern with a newspaper in sierra leone in west africa which was an interesting experience so i'm kind of um i'm sort of a kind of figuring out my journalism path and what I'm interested in, in, in pursuing. And uh, I kind of, I'm kind of gravitate toward writing about like cultural identity, cultural issues and the environment and, you know, anything in, kind of on the periphery of, of either of those topics. So um, you have a lot to write about really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, actually, yeah, the, yeah, I, I was just thinking, I sort of just recently kind of, realize like okay yeah these are kind of what i'm most interested in and then then the selection sort of puts both of those in, in a very uh uh depressing light <laughs> in a certain in many ways so sure, obviously sure. yeah it's going to take a lot of um a lot of like for for any journalist i think or uh, a lot of just a lot of thought and you know strength and everything so <laughs> yeah yeah um we weren't planning to go into this, but I want to a little bit actually. Yeah, media is in um, a little bit of a weird place now, isn't it? Uh, when we went, when I went into or first thought about <clears throat> being a journalist, um, there definitely was a little bit of um, negative tinge, but it was definitely more focused directly at like cable news. People were starting to get weary of that, at least people from the outside. Um, and I was starting to get into more of the independent online news places like TYT, because they were starting, they were one of the first to grow a pretty big network. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, slowly and surely you saw media just as a whole become more and more vilified. And now you're almost in this place again where uh, it's almost like a bad word. You know, people yeah. look at you in dismay when you tell them <laughs> you're a journalist. So it's very interesting. And But I think, you know, yeah. here online is where, you know, the, the future of journalism is, as long as we keep government's hands out of it that's mm -hmm. my opinion anyway <laughs> yeah and, and i think um local journalism too is, is is just more important than ever um even if i mean i was thinking you know the the type of journalism that would i mean who knows what will happen with i mean we have a president who has authoritarian tendencies especially when it, and particularly when it comes to the media and like literally like wants to like censor the press and make it difficult for them so and like, I was just thinking, you know, okay, the people who are on the front lines of that and who are likely to be targeted or, or who knows what will happen to them are really fighting the, you know, the fight we need. But then at the same time, also just people who are going back to their cities or communities and just doing really good local journalism that highlights important stories are, you know, it may not get much attention or um, may, maybe even not many readers, but it's still just such important work now more than ever, I think. 
definitely. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, Obama is kind of infamous now, or is going to go down, I think, at least in some niches, um, as being infamously strong and strong army uh, uh, journalists to a large degree, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, so it, that makes it even scarier to know that our so-called, you know, what we would hope was going to be our, a very progressive presidency still, you know, showed these tendencies of biting down yeah. on what lots of us think journalism is, which is, you know, keeping in check, you know, the the, the, the government, right? And so it's yeah. very interesting to, to think that, wow, if he, you know, doesn't go ahead and just stomp on everything Obama does, but adds on to certain things, that's certainly something that he's going to be able to add on to the Obama legacy, uh, yeah. unfortunately. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, over in Sierra Leone, what were you, uh, you were you just covering local community? Um, that must have been a very a great trip. Had you been out of the country before that or anything? Yeah, um, I'd been to like North Africa um, before okay. in the Middle East because um, I, uh, my other thing I studied in uh, school is Arabic and, you know, Middle Eastern studies. So I got the chance to do that. Um, but yeah, Sierra, Sierra Leone um, and what was different from anywhere I've ever been, you know, I think, uh, um, yeah, I'd never been to, to somewhere that that was quite, uh, so poor, you know, and, and still develop and just, uh, such a, so much development still need, needs to be done. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really interesting experience. I mean, actually that, that really taught me about, you know, the state of journalism in a lot of the world. Um, because it was a very, the newspaper I was interning at, which is called Awoko, um, is uh, was one of the biggest, it's one of the biggest newspapers, one of the most, um, one of the few independent newspapers in the country, actually. Um, but it, it was, despite that, you know, it, it suffered, it had a lot of problems and uh, it has a lot of problems. I mean, not, not the fault of the staff who are really great and like fearless and hardworking journalists, but like, um, like any newspaper in, in, in that country, um, it's just very difficult to really like do the type of journalism that, that needs to be done. Um, I mean, they are doing some of it, but it's like, it's, they're up against really difficult odds. And um, yeah, it, it was, um, I was in the capital city, Freetown. Um, and yeah, the, uh, essentially that's, that's the only city with newspaper, like the, all the newspapers are all there. Like it's a, small country but still there are no community newspapers in other cities really which was kind of uh surprising to me and it kind of yeah it just just made me think about how how important that, that how something's really missing there um and uh yeah it's it's a very it's it's kind of a sad uh situation for journalism there but you know there are there are people really working doing really good work, you know, working hard, you know, investigative journalists, um, just who, yeah, who are up against the law, but yeah. So there's some, there's some hope there at least. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting perspective. I'm sure, uh, you know, it, it is a, a downer to see journalism in such a state here, mm -hmm. but you know, at least we've got something a little more of a foundation to build off of than some other places that, yeah. really are starting from bare bones, you know. 
Yeah. So, all right. Well, you know, you, like you mentioned, you intern uh, with Seattle Weekly. And Mm -hmm. uh, recently we had our elections, of course, but we also had state elections. And one thing that we uh, have been talking about in the uh, state was I-7. 32 and that was a carbon tax which would have been the first in the nation that was actually um denied by washington state and um there's sort of been discussions about that not only were the right um opposed to this but the real failure came between a split in the left possibly uh Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about your article and you know your insights into this yeah sure um so I-732 was, uh, yeah, it would have been a groundbreaking um, measure if it had passed. It would have been the, the first carbon tax in the United States. Um, it's modeled off one that they have in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, which uh, seems to be working really well. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of a complicated issue, actually, when it comes to Washington. Um, the there's a, There was a split between two different kind of factions of the environmental movement. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I, I hope I just, I'm, I, if I get something wrong, you know, I'm, I, it's, it's a pretty complicated thing and I'm, I'm just sort of summarizing yeah. based on, but <laughs> yeah, I could be missing a lot. Um, it, there's, there's good summaries on um, Sightline, um, which is an environmental think tank here. And then like Vox had a good article on it. Um, there, there's good like explanations, but essentially it was kind of a conflict between um, the the architect of it was this uh, basically an economist, and then there were some mainstream environmental organizations which were in favor, like the Audubon Society, um, and actually got a lot of support from from political leaders, um, celebrities, and stuff. Um, and then those who were opposed to it were um, a lot of them were environmental justice organizations, um, mm-hmm. like one called Got Green, for example, which is. Um, based in South Seattle and, and is really focused on um, how can we focus environmental issues on like low income people, people of color, like the people who are most gonna be impacted by climate change. So they and, and others sort of formed an alliance, uh, which essentially their arguments against um, the carbon tax were that it would be, it first of all, that it didn't really include um, the voices of marginalized people. It didn't include them in the decision making. Really, um, they are kind of shut out of the discussion, and that um, basically the carbon tax would have been revenue neutral. So it would have taxed people, taxed polluters, or people, you know, you'd pay extra tax for for you know fossil for for pollution basically, mm-hmm. and um, but it would offset that by um, giving tax credits to low income people. I think. Um, I, I should I should know the details in and out of this, uh, but I don't. I think essentially, no, yeah. the other thing was like, like you it, said, it's very just to yeah. decide your vote was, uh, you know, I think that, you know, from what I understand, that was what they think might have been one of the reasons is it was so, you know, in the weeds policy wise mm-hmm. to really understand what was going on. And then you have people narrating on the fact that you've got both pro and for climate change groups kind of saying no to it like it was it's just a very confusing uh convoluted sort of topic so yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) well and um yeah and that's what uh one of the a political consultant i talked to for the article said may have been you know the one of the reasons it it failed um ben ben anderson who who's uh 
political consultant for Progressive Strategies Northwest. Uh, he, he also writes a lot for Crosscut. Um, okay. But yeah, he, he said like the, it, first of all, he said like it probably would have failed anyway because um, it just didn't get any Republican support in Washington state. Um, they didn't vote for it at all, um, which they tend to not vote for environmental measures, um, even in Washington state. And, and yeah, they, they were, the campaign was sort of hoping that some Republicans would cross over and vote for it, even though it wasn't something they usually went for, but it just didn't happen. Um, and then, but the one, it still could have just barely failed, but if he thinks it's possible it failed more because of this divide divisions in the left that we were talking about. And, and part, I mean, part of that, like you were saying, could just be that people, if they were aware of these divisions, it just registered to them as complicated. I mean, they didn't, they may not have known or taken, wanted to take a side or known which side was better. You know, many, um, not all the voters were really informed about like where each side stands on this. Um, right. So they, they were just like, okay, this looks really complicated. I don't know what to, I'm uncertain. And of course, you know, Ben Anderson says, you know, he's a political consultant basically says like, if but one voters are uncertain, they just vote no. So yeah. that, yeah. That's possible to happen. I mean, in yeah, every every county rejected it, except right. King County, which barely accept, uh, accepted it. Then San Juan County, which only has eight thousand people. So, right. um, yeah, yeah. Well, many people were talking about if this was um, if a vote no was. I mean, to put it as simply as possible, was it a vote? Um, it basically, was it making the perfect the enemy of the good? Mm -hmm. Meaning, do we just take what we can really fight for a bill that's comprehensive and, and, and widespread in the ways that we're looking for in, in that? And, and then somehow hoping that despite this not passing, they're going to be able to pass something even more progressive. Um, apparently, they're at least for, you know, one part of that. I tend to be optimistic in the fact that we're pretty progressive Trump uh, and you know everything maybe even we'll, we're gonna push even a more progressive agenda maybe hopefully you could say uh, in Washington State and so I think in the future we're at least gonna have a chance to, to... what do you think any any opinion on that um, yeah I, I it cut out the last bit of what you said uh, oh sorry. <laughs> no that's okay no just that uh, yeah, no, just the idea that does, the, you know, the Trump and everything, does that lead to the idea that maybe Washington will maybe even become a little more progressive in their votes and, and we'll have a chance to do something that's a little more comprehensive in the future? Yeah. Did you get that um, feeling? Um, I hope so. Yeah. I, I just hope people, it seems like people are very energized right now that they want, they're determined to have that happen. And hopefully that will, uh, just continue because you know I, I don't i hope people don't get complacent um or also you know yeah i also do worry about uh how can we w will it be possible for us to kind of have a coalition of progressives who will really get stuff done um i don't know enough about kind of how that i don't i don't know much about pol political organizing or, or politics or you know um I, it's all very new to me, but it does seem, I do sure. worry about, um, I, I don't know that this will necessarily make these sort of division, like divisions in, in, among progressives go away. Um, 
because it just, yeah, the carbotox thing is, it's hard to make sense. It, I, I still don't quite understand why there was such a division. Um, it, and it doesn't, I, I mean, I don't, I don't to be pessimistic, but it, maybe it doesn't, hopefully that won't be hold true for like so many other progressive causes where there's like just infighting and uh, yeah, like you said, making perfect the enemy of the good. Yeah, you know, yeah, climate change is an people really behave weird when it comes to that. <laughs> That's one topic where maybe you're still not sure where someone lies just because of their opinion as far as on the political spectrum. So yeah, yeah, yeah and it's um, yeah, it, it's difficult because yeah, with the carbon tax, the people who are environmental justice organizations who were against it um, made it. You know, they essentially made it the point that okay revenue neutral doesn't do anything to help the communities that are going to be most affected so we should actually raise taxes and invest in uh green jobs you know invest in these communities to, to help them which is great i mean it makes sense but but then it's like will would that would that have uh is that the best tactic you know maybe revenue neutral is a better tactic to get something done um first um but then it turns out you know then the other the other wrinkle of course is like in the end it wasn't a bipartisan success at all so moderate you know moderate republicans didn't didn't see that as revenue neutral thing as being a deal like they didn't cross right. over so who knows I, do you know how long the um canadian um initiative how long ago that was in place uh no i i don't know actually um off the top of my head, yeah, I think. Yeah, it, I wonder I, if uh, it was something that they've you know established a while ago and then amended maybe even, and we're just like now like trying to implement the whole thing at once. So yeah, it's interesting. Well, um, before we let you go, uh, and again, thank you very much for for finally uh, being able to, to talk to me here. Uh, we haven't seen yeah. each other since uh, you know. I graduated last year, so and yeah. you're almost out of there. So yeah, we're all moving along. But uh, this brings us to the final topic uh, of, of course, you know, Trump, uh, President Elect. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, it, it's a shock to everyone. Uh, what are your initial feelings as far as you know? You said you were interested in you know sociological you know movements. This is certainly something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, um, there's. I've yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about about it. Of course, um, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's so much, yeah. there's so much to unpack. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, um, my yeah. I mean, of course, my 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 like reaction is to not want to um, to to. I I just uh, you know, I'm, at the moment, it's just too. I can't say that I want to like reach out to the to Trump voters. You know, I don't. No, yeah. Well, it's like I, I by my initial feeling is like I don't, I don't want anything to do with them. Um, I mean, I wonder. Yeah, I'm sort of torn between that. It's like you know they've they've helped elect you know an, an authoritarian president. Here, let me let me put it to you this then: Do you think there's any chance that Trump is really? Did you, if you saw footage of him um, at the presser with Obama um, mm -hmm. and they're shaking hands, I, for some reason, 
saw that moment as maybe the realest we've seen Donald Trump because he's got a look that of 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 um like a humble look on his face that we haven't mm-hmm. seen. I haven't seen the man ever have this face when he's shaking his hand at the end. And just for like two seconds, I was like, oh crap, that was like the real guy. And it's part of a narrative that I see where I wonder how much of this is, and this doesn't make him let him off, but mm-hmm. is any of this like an act? Like, did he go, did he come in saying, okay, I know I'm going to say these outlandish things and it's either going to make me or it's going to break me. Um, but I know it's going to be stuff that people resonate with. Yeah. Um, I wonder because now it's like, basically what I'm wondering is I really think there's a good chance now that come in an establishment Republican. I mean, clearly that's what he's doing. We already seen that with Giuliani and, uh, Christie being brought in. I mean, come on, this is, this is just, uh, it's it looking like it's going to be the same thing as usual. He's surrounding himself with people he thinks know best, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the American people tend to, you know, or at least we thought, I would I would hope that the American people tended to, to see through that, but apparently not so much. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, well, so I've read, I've, I've read so much analysis of, of Trump's like, mm-hmm. success, you know, all throughout his candidacy, well, probably too much and just, you know, all the things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, and like one that I, I forget where I read it, but it was like some, you know what one of them i think made an interesting point that like he himself is seems to really just be like a a narcissist um that's his fundamental you know fundamental he doesn't really have any convictions he's gonna just he's totally narcissistic so he's kind of uh you know they this article article argued that like he's just channeling this uh, the awful um spirit of, of the of like the electorate um um and he doesn't believe but but like he'll he'll still implement and do what he 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 said he would you know but I but yeah, yeah but you're right that he's um yeah he may be transitioning toward a more like he has he seemed I mean you know other people have pointed out he he looks kind of scared you know like now that he actually has it like what what am I gonna do now and um I think I, I wonder if <laughs> yeah. With Obama. Yeah, you yeah. know, he, they sat him down and they're like, okay, here's the secrets. And that's probably when it hit him. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. No wonder Obama was 40 years older, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and like, and you, you know, you point, you, you mentioned, you know, it seems like he's just bringing in more of a conventional, more just Republican, conventional Republican, uh, um, assumption. But I, and I think, but it, but it also does seem that it's it's that but even more extreme than we've ever seen before. Um, you know, if he wants to, if he does bring in all, like uh, Sarah Palin, Ben Carson, all these people to to these, even um, Newt Gingrich, like it, it's this weird, it's this weird symbiosis where it's like he's bringing in these people seem to have abandoned all their principles if they had any and just embraced corruption and just everything to. It, because he was winning and just like, all right, we'll go with Trumpism. And then like, he's bringing them back in and like, it's like a, a worse version of the Republican establishment we've ever seen. So, Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, early on when Trump was starting to do better than everyone thought, the, the joke going around was that he's, why is he so popular? Because he's saying what the Republicans have been thinking, but scared to say the whole time. Yeah. He's just the guy that yeah. finally came out and said, you know, this is what we're talking about with all these policies 
is what's the, this, you know, being, you know, quiet about it all. So I think there's yeah. a lot to that, that he just yeah, said, definitely. well, this is what your party's always been about. You guys just haven't had the political will to, to put it all out there and either win big or go home. And, uh, I think that's exactly what happened with the Democrats was, you know, there was the split where the Democrats weren't willing to go big or go home with Bernie. And so they were like, oh, mm -hmm. well, the safe bet's Clinton. And especially if we run against Trump, he doesn't know anything. And they were just unwilling to believe in the, willing, the willingness of the people that we finally had gotten to a point where they were just... You know, political knowledge, I just think it, it isn't where it should be, right? We you know civic classes yeah. just aren't where they are. So people just are mad, but they don't know where to place it. And they know that Trump, you know, is someone that at least was different. I mean, you know, the numbers show that even people who thought that he was unworthy are voted in men because at this point they're like, well, yeah. what's the worst? You know, so it, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, it, uh, yeah, I think the data show, oh, you know, the like the people, the people, the Democratic, uh, I mean, the the progressive, progressives and leftists really wanted Bernie Sanders. Um, they were excited about that. I mean, there's some, there's people who are saying, you know, we need to, yeah, we need to reform the Democratic Party. And like, like, we need to actually, like, what do, what do we actually want? Like, what do people actually, they didn't really want Clinton, you know, they, it was barely like, on the right, on the, on the, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there are, there are many people who did want her specifically, but, right. but it's like, you know, I, well, maybe they'll, they need to wake up and like really think about what they're, what they're offering to voters as a party. Um, yeah, I've already heard yeah. the narrative and, you know, this is coming from two dudes, but that, you know, there's lots of people coming out there saying, oh, it's a lot to do with sexism. I think that's definitely yeah. part of it because I mean it's hard to to deny that yeah. you know with what's been seen. Um, mm -hmm. But on the other half, there was lots of women that in the end still voted for Trump. Yeah, and it's, yeah. so that's one thing. And then the other thing is just that, despite that, even I think if Hillary Clinton was, um, you know. Uh, uh, another like straight edge sort of you know career politician from the Democratic side, uh, I she still would have lost to this uh, an outcome an, an outsider. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was um, necessarily like oh Trump won because he ran against Clinton and if Clinton would have won it was strictly because she was running against as poor of a candidate as Trump because they were both so bad. But I definitely yeah. think there's something to be said about the possibility that you know even you know someone else might have still ran into this this wall so mm -hmm. it's interesting and then here we are up in washington and um one of the few progressive states there's memes up now about <laughs> building the wall down the the east yeah. side of washington <laughs> and oregon and california yeah. it doesn't come quite to that yet but it's going to be a, an interesting few years huh yeah i mean the others uh uh there's movements for like independent Cascadia, you know, uh, right. California. I, I mean, at this moment, my, I, I'd be happy with that, but it's not, I know it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I thought yeah. about it, I would maybe realize, okay, maybe it's not a good idea, but yeah. You got to stay it's, in fight for it. Right. And you know, yeah. politics <laughs> is cyclical, you know, um, this is simply a revolt from what I think is, uh, what was supposed to be a very progressive, our first black candidate, that's worth mentioning, just as much as the sexism played a role, at least a little bit. Him being black, I think, played a, at least a, a little bit of a role, um, especially yeah. in the fact that 
um, the Republicans decided for some reason, maybe it wasn't because of race, but for some reason they decided that even on stuff they usually were for, they were just, you know, Newt Gingrich, you know, got together with, uh, I can't think of the other guy's names, Art something, and they built, a, you know, a correlation of Republican support, basically saying, let's just shut down everything he does. We do not want the first, you know, super progressive black Democrat to to get a whole bunch of stuff done. We're just make sure he gets nothing done, and you know that's yeah. this is a continuation of that when they're saying that they're going to repeal um, the ACA and all that stuff. So that's you know just their continuation of trying to destroy the Obama legacy. Um, yeah, and they would have done the same, I think, if Hillary would have won. But yeah, they were they were already threatening to do even more extreme action than they ever took against Obama, um, which is just insane. Um, yeah, and now they're going to get a Supreme Court nominee because they successfully, through um, Obama's lame deck session, have have um, postponed the you know that vote. And yeah. so yeah, it's, it's and bad. for a while there, yeah, it's not good. But you know, <laughs> we're that's but that's all the reason more where you know why journalists like you and I don't even know if I'm considered a journalist anymore. But you no, know, we're you well, know, we're building our sure. own media thing, you know, and uh, no, it's worth you know it's important for us to keep talking and building up our you know you know our individual careers and voices and yeah online i think that's that's the key you know for me i don't know i mean real quick can you comment at all on you know seattle weekly's you know had its you know it's, it's had to you know downsize in the past um mm -hmm. but I, i'm sure things are going you know and moving along pretty great over there um how yeah. is your feel of like the local print community there i because you know you work for crosscut and they're purely online mm -hmm. right yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the like Crosscut and Seattle Weekly both get pretty good readership. Um, I think um, in different way. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, like Crosscut's newer, um, but it does right. get a lot of. I think it, it has it has a pretty good popularity. It's growing popularity and people who are interested in like policy and issues. I mean, that makes it sound boring, which is not. But like. It has really good crosscut has really good analysis of uh oh, yeah. of, of things and, and also just like just i think it, it does what a regular newspaper might do but without without like the fluff i mean if you look at that i mean i hate to the i, I support I, uh, the seattle times i hate to to you know criticize them a lot but you know if you pick up the seattle times like there's <laughs> there's like some really amazing journals in there but then it's like you know 10% of what's in the paper, whereas the rest is like, just, just distracts, I don't know, distracts from the real. So yeah, I think, I think CrossFit yeah, just has like, saying. what's like, what's the real important stuff? Let's have it all there. And like the Seattle Weekly also, um, I think it has a different, um, it, I probably, I'm sure it has a different, slightly different readership. Is that, it's an, you know, it's an alt weekly and it's, uh, sure. it's, it has a long history, but, um, it it uh yeah I I feel good about like the the coverage that both of them and and, and a lot of other outlets too are doing um, like the Seattle Weeklies um I mean you know they have their their arts sections and everything but their their news oh, yeah. um, section itself is uh um is is it just does a really really great job of um of covering the issues I mean like right right after the election you know um. I, I was, you know, I was there as an intern, you know, the day after the election, and we, we just, it, it was just fairly encouraging to see, you know, like the staff 
just went for it and like, okay, here's a story about this, this, and this, and this, you know, responding to all the implications um, and just doing really good reporting um, despite it being really a really hard day for everyone. Um, so yeah, and, and they're doing, also they're doing that on a, with like very few, like you mentioned, you know, really very few, a skeleton crew of like, of staff um, when it comes to the, the news section. And same with Crosco, they only have five regular staff members, um, which is very, um, kind of, it's kind of amazing. It, it's it's like encouraging to see what what you can do with, uh, with, with, uh, with, with just, with, <laughs> so little i mean right i mean it's not that we, we we the state of journalism is such that you know we 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 can't have these big newsrooms anymore but but people are people are really making the most of it which is which is really cool to see right yeah all right tanya well thank you very much we're definitely going to have to have you on again soon um yeah this is you know we're using um be live uh, it's in beta right now um, to, to bring this to you. And so there's going to be more of these hopefully in the future. And I'm sure uh, we'll have Chaitanya on again. So thank you all sure. for watching and uh, thank you for ha uh, coming on and talking to me a little bit and um, we'll see everyone again soon. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you very much.